The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Revenue Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about using MarTech tools and strategies to put more money in your business's pockets. Joining us today is Brandy Starr and Mike Geller, who are respectively the COO and President and CTO of Tegrita, which is a full-service MarTech consulting firm that enables digital marketing strategy with technology. Tegrita's remote team of experienced and innovative consultants specialize in marketing automation to support growth-minded organizations who want their growth strategies brought to life through marketing automation. And today we're going to talk about using MarTech as a revenue engine. All right, here's the first installment of Revenue Growth Week with Brandy Starr and Mike Geller from Tegrita. Brandy, Mike, welcome to Revenue Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. Very excited to have you both here. Very excited to talk about why MarTech is actually a good business decision, how MarTech serves as a revenue engine. First off, let's start by talking about what a revenue engine actually is. I can start there. So thinking about a revenue engine, it's really going to be how your organization is driving revenue from Hello, My Name Is, of where you are introducing your organization and its value proposition to the target audience to happily ever after when you have customers who are lifetime customers, they are advocates of your brand. So that's really the key. All of the wheels and spokes and everything that happen in between is making sure, you know, I use the marriage analogy, but generally marriage, you're only supposed to do once. But when it comes to a revenue engine, we want to put as many people through that as makes sense. There's an interesting trend happening in the MarTech industry where we're seeing sales and marketing being blended together more. And I'm specifically talking about the B2B side. And that's doing something interesting to the KPIs for marketers, where I think traditionally we've all thought about customer acquisition, lead generation, even lead scoring being really the most important metric that we're thinking about. And then we lop the leads over the fence. And if sales can't figure it out, screw them. You know, the company gets hurt, but we did our job. And now those teams are really being blended together. 
talk to me about the new version of this revenue engine where we're looking at it beyond just lead acquisition all the way through the customer lifecycle. What are the stages? So this is really important, and this is what we see as the future, is not these siloed departments that are focusing just on whatever their charter is, but a holistic team that is actually focusing on revenue and the customer experience. So we subscribe to the inbound methodology where you are looking at attract, convert, close, and delight as being the different stages we really like this because it's simplistic. You know, when I go into different clients, they all have their different stages from awareness to interest to justify, and they all have these different adjectives. But at the core of it, things fall into four buckets. And that's the, you know, we want to attract people to us, get them to know that we exist and that we can support their needs and their pain points. We want to convert them to prospects so that we can try and help them to see how we specifically are right for them. We want to close them and make them customers. And then the revenue engine does not stop when they say yes the first time. We want to delight them so that they are repeat customers, that we've got the opportunities for cross-sell, upsell. And the part that a lot of people don't think about, which is customer advocacy in getting your existing customers to actually be marketers for you. So, Mike, I want to turn the conversation and have you help me understand some of the technology changes that are happening. When we talk about changing the flow, and as Brandy so eloquently articulated, the four stages of the customer experience, attract, convert, close, delight. How do you think about matching MarTech tools to those phases? That's interesting because the tools, they kind of go outside of marketing's direct purview, right? If we're thinking about the whole experience, if we're thinking about it from the beginning through to the end, marketing is involved throughout, but other groups are involved as well. So the technology decisions cannot be made independently by the different groups that support the customer journey. So you can't have sales make decisions around the tech they want in their stack without thinking about marketing and the tech that they have in their stack. You can't do this independently anymore. So my takeaway is that there are a broader set of people in the organizations that are making approval decisions on MarTech purchases because they're being integrated beyond just the marketing efforts, but they're getting into sales automation and customer success. We're all starting to work on a sort of unified system. Am I thinking of this correctly? Yes. In terms of the thinking needs to be unified and to flip it, the thinking has to be holistic. Instead of thinking about a single piece of the pie uh, in terms of a customer experience, the technology that the customer interacts, we have to think about all the technology that the customer interacts with because that in turn creates a tech stack that creates the drives for revenue, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that you think of marketing, sales, customer experience, we're talking about a blended version of all of those technologies. And so hopefully we're not operating in silos as much as we used to. When you take away the sort of silos from each functional area within the organization, what are some of the benefits and what are some of the problems that you've seen companies run into? I want to maybe talk about the benefits first. And that's you get a much more clearer view of what you're actually trying to achieve. How are the tools working together and to what purpose? Because you're no longer looking at it from a silo perspective. You're looking at it from a 
larger group perspective, you're able to see things differently. And that's something that hasn't been possible in a siloed focused organization. Of course, that brings along with it the challenges. And the biggest one, of course, is change. Letting the walls drop, having the silos merge, if you will, you know, that can be scary. And the thing about change is that people aren't exactly happy to have to go through it. But the benefits, in my mind, are certainly worth it. And ultimately, it ends up helping drive the revenue engine faster and better. And that, in turn, helps your organization grow faster. So, Brandy, as the COO at Tegrita, when you start thinking of working with your clients and helping them go through the change that Mike is talking about, Obviously, we're thinking about, hey, the greater good, we're all going to work on one system, we're integrating our technologies all together, we're breaking down the silos. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Why does that have an impact on business? Why is that helping you improve your revenue engine? Because it aligns the customer experience. And so the key here is when we get all of our teams that touch revenue really focused on the customer experience and what that looks like for them. And so customer experience is a term that's thrown around all the time, but it really is what is that customer interaction? And a really common poor one is when you're working with telecom companies. And almost anybody in any city, if you've ever had to call into the cable company, most people can rant ad nauseum about the horrible experience of talking to one person and getting transferred to another department and them having no idea what you've been through. Then getting hung up on and calling back and doing it all over again. Exactly. So using that very relatable example, Think about if when you called into customer service at your telecom company, they knew all of the services you had, which equipment was in your home, what the past issues have been, what your viewing behaviors are, all these sorts of things. 
think about A, how much faster they can help you in terms of whatever your actual problem is, and B, how much more likely you are to buy other things from them. So that's a really basic example. Shift that to the B2B side. And if we're able to leverage technology across all the phases, so that's digital in bringing people in, you know, marketing to sales, to customer marketing, to customer success. If we bring the technology for all of those departments together to focus on a seamless customer experience that really puts the customer's needs and interests first, the revenue just naturally happens. So that's really the big opportunity of why you should go through the pain of change and what you can actually accomplish and how it ties to revenue. What I'm hearing from you is you break down the silos, you understand what the customer experience is from the introduction, from the attract phase, all the way through your delight, what I might call a retention phase. And you're able to have all the data in a unified place to be able to quickly operate and solve the customer's problems. And that leads to higher retention rates, more stable revenue. When we think about the other side of the funnel, sure, I get it. Hey, if we can do a better job making our customers happy, then they're going to stick around and maybe they'll refer more other customers and that helps the business. Now, on the flip side, when I'm thinking of a MarTech stack, and I feel like most people, when they're looking at what their stack is, they're thinking top of the funnel. How do I figure out how to automate the process of lead acquisition, lead conversion, you know, everything from making the introduction to getting my lead to the sales team? I understand how when they're already a customer, having the right data helps. What about the flip side? What about the beginning of the funnel? It's more important there. Now, it's definitely harder there to interpret the data and bring systems together. But think about, you know, in B2B especially, there is a buying committee. So there are different people that have different interests and different stakes in whatever that buying decision is. If you are able to leverage technology to understand who those people are that are involved in the buying committee, to leverage digital body language to understand what they are doing either on your website or interacting with your content, or even being able to get intent data and other information on an aggregate level about the company. If you're able to pull that data together in an automated way, make some assumptions about what types of questions that person needs answered, what's the next phase to move them through the process, how to best position your company as the right solution for them, then you're going to be able to put the right content and information in front of them prior to them ever actually interacting with someone at your company. Ideally, before they even fill out a form or give you their email address, you want to be able to have that technology get you into the buying process, get you as far as possible so that by the time you do actually involve a salesperson, they are ready to hand over the checkbook or credit card or you know whatever type sale that it is. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point in terms of the analytics and understanding intent. And to me, the value of the MarTech stack and this unified version, whether we're saying we're merging marketing all the way through customer success, or we're just building a system where the data can flow through quickly, is that the marketers today using an efficient MarTech stack have the ability not just to look at what leads converted and what those sources were that drove the lead conversion, they understand the 
conversion data and the value of those leads. So we're able to market back to people that are maybe not the highest percentage of conversion, but the highest value of conversion. And that to me is where we're really building a revenue engine where I'm focusing my marketing efforts on what's going to drive the most dollars, not what's the most likely, what is most likely going to convert to a lead who's not worth anything. Yeah. And I have a good example. I worked with a client a few years ago who wanted to put in place a new scoring model. And the challenge that they were having was they were bringing a lot of leads through the funnel. They were reaching the scoring target. They were getting them in front of sales, but their close one percentage was drastically lower than what it needed to be in order to hit their objectives. And through looking at their data, looking at some of the past sales data of what had closed and you know different things like that, what we found was who they thought they should be talking to was not who they needed to be talking to. They really wanted the decision maker and their sales team. They were scoring really high when it was an executive, someone that would likely have buying authority. But what was happening was by the time there was an executive involved, they were already fully into the sales process. And generally, they were coming in as a late player when a competitor had already been in there from the beginning. So they recognized that it was actually someone at a lower level, usually a director level, that was the ideal lead because that is who was driving the sales process, even though they weren't the final decision maker. So once they started leveraging the technology to understand like who's really engaged here, and we recognize that, you know what, it's the director, we changed who was getting into sales. And so sales was getting into those conversations significantly earlier. And with the same number of leads, it improved the conversion. You know, it goes into a marketing philosophy that I learned as I matured as a marketer, it's that you need to focus and understand what's happening at the bottom of your funnel first, before you can really master the top of your funnel. And this is why this sort of unified system that allows your data to seamlessly flow through from acquisition all the way through lifetime value and conversion is really important, is that you're able to look and analyze who is converting, understand what the buying cycles look like, understand the rationale for them becoming a customer, what their needs, wants, desires, why they chose you for the customers. And once you have an understanding of who those people are, then you can market to people that look like them. And so having a fully flushed out MarTech stack really does serve as a revenue engine, not only because you're able to provide a better customer value, a better customer experience, but also because you can really learn from initial impression all the way through the end of the customer's life cycle, what happens so you can profile the most profitable customers with your top of funnel marketing efforts. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Brandy Starr and Mike Geller, the COO and CTO of Tegrita for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Mike, Brandy, and Tegrita's tips for driving revenue growth, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss how to strategically use a MarTech audit. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Mike or Brandy, you can find a link to their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes. You can contact them on Twitter. Their handle is Tegrita Group, T-E-G-R-I-T-A-G-R-O-U-P. Or you could visit their company's website, which is Tegrita.com, T-E-G-R-I-T-A.com. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.